0: You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live.
1: Good afternoon, I'm Jonathan Capehart, opinion writer for the Washington Post. Welcome to Washington Post Live and our look at January 6th, one year later. This very moment, a year ago today, supporters of then President Donald Trump were engaged in a pitched battle with Capitol Hill police on a day when Congress was due to certify the election of Joe Biden as the next president of the United States. How the shocking insurrection came to pass and how to prevent it from happening again is being investigated by the select committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. And joining me is the chair of that committee, Congressman Benny Thompson, Democrat from Mississippi. Chairman Thompson, welcome to Washington Post Live.
0: Thank you for having
1: me, Jonathan. So, Chairman Thompson, uh, today President Biden gave a forceful speech commemorating the anniversary of the insurrection, taking direct aim at former President Trump and the big lie, as powerful as his speech was. Do you think it will be helpful or hurtful to your efforts in your investigation?
0: Well, to be honest with you, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, The truth. Uh, is always good. Uh, The truth and sunlight uh, is the best disinfectant that I can imagine. And so for President Biden to talk uh, as forceful about our values as Americans and what we stand for, and the fact that had it not been for the invitation of Donald Trump to bring people to Washington on January 6th, Uh, what we saw a year ago would not have happened.
1: Uh, Of course, Donald Trump issued a response um, to President Biden's speech. He called it, quote, a distraction and said, quote, Democrats want to own this day of January 6th so they can stoke fears and divide America. You were in the Capitol on January 6th, 2021. Your reaction to the former president?
0: Uh, I'm not surprised at his response. Uh, but when I talk to groups, I ask them to reflect back on last January 6th and tell me what they saw with their own eyes. Uh, did they see uh, Black Lives Matter movement people there? Did uh, people representing Antifa? Uh, Present for their uh, CIA or FBI person, they said no. That was just a bunch of people there uh, with Trump paraphernalia on attacking uh, law enforcement, breaking into the Capitol. So the notion for all of us is, you saw what played out on January sixth uh, with your own eye. So the distraction would be for somebody to tell you that what you saw with your own eyes didn't happen. And so that's part of the big lie. Uh, The big lie brought a lot of people to Washington under the guise of stopping the steal. Uh, And they were weaponized uh, at that rally to come to the Capitol and do just what they did. And Donald Trump has to be the principal uh, author of what occurred because he invited people to Washington on January 6th. And he said it was going to be wild. And indeed, uh, it was wild.
1: Yesterday, former Trump White House press secretary and former Melania Trump's chief of staff, Stephanie Grisham, testified before your committee. She told CNN in an interview this morning that she saw uh, Trump watching the fighting on television, even rewinding to watch some of it again. What else have you learned about Donald Trump's actions during the insurrection? What have you learned about his role leading up to it?
0: Well, to be honest with you, uh, uh, we learn every day uh, from patriotic Americans who come forward uh, uh, and tell us what they know. And so we now know that his children uh, encouraged him uh, to try to stop it. Uh, We know that members of Congress, uh, senators were contacting him. Uh, We know that uh, for 187 minutes, uh, he actually made several cuts of a tape uh, encouraging people to go home. But it was not right because he didn't say what he needed to say. Uh, So we now have information based on our request that the tapes will probably be available uh, to us uh, once the court decision is resolved uh, in the Trump v. Thompson case, as you know, is before the Mm -hmm. Supreme Court now. So we're learning things every day. Uh, We know that there was communication uh, with people at the Willett Hotel. Uh, We know that uh, members of Congress uh, were texting. Uh, uh, on January 6th, uh, based on the information that Mark Meadows provided, uh, the committee. So we are getting information, uh, probably not as fast as we would like it, uh, but nonetheless, on a daily basis, we're learning new things about what went on on January 6th.
1: You you hit on three big things that I want to talk to you about, and I'm going to go to the first one you mentioned, and that is um, the, the videotapes, the, the versions uh, of the videos that exist uh, of what the White House finally released of Trump on that day. Um, you've requested them from the National Archives, as you mentioned, You know whether you get them is now sitting there at the Supreme Court. But when you get them, I should say, if you get them, depending on what the court decides, what exactly are you looking for?
0: Well, to be honest with you, you're a commander in chief uh, uh, of the largest democracy, uh, the best superpower in the world. And if you're seeing the United States Capitol under attack by people who you sent there and it takes you 187 minutes for you to say this is wrong, you need to go home. Uh, and as my vice chair has said, you know, that, that borders on dereliction of of duties and, uh, it might necessitate a referral, uh, for the department of justice to look at. So, uh, we will, uh, not just with that, but any other instance of, we think, uh, illegal activity, uh, we will refer it or criminal activity. We'll make a referral. So, uh, you can't just watch TV and rewind the TV for 187 minutes and expect people not to think that you are complicit in what's going on by not trying to stop it.
1: So, so then what Stephanie Grisham told CNN is what she told, what she told the committee yesterday. That's correct. Uh, well, yes. Yes, I mean, feel fr- feel free to share anything else you might have well, said. Uh, uh,
0: well, she she did tell us that, uh, and if she's already gone and said it to CNN, uh, I can say that we were told the same story.
1: Okay, you you mentioned Mark Meadows, and what I find interesting about Mark Meadows, a former chi- former chief of staff to uh, then President Trump, is that he you asked him. You subpoenaed him, he started to cooperate, he handed over documents, and then decided, never mind, he wasn't going to comply with the subpoena. He has since been held uh, in contempt. and I have another question about that. but what do you what do you make of his reversal in cooperating? Well, as
0: you know, he uh, put out his book, and there were certain references in his book that the president called fake news. And and basically the president went after him uh, and I am convinced that up until the president went after him and and said that his book and what he was saying in the book about what was occurring uh, was not true. uh, He was working with them. But after that, uh, he cut off all communication. And obviously we had 9,000 pages uh, of documents uh, that included taxes and and other information that implicated uh, not just Mark Meadows, but it told us about other members of Congress who also uh, was communicating with him on January
1: 6th. So am I wrong? Because I was sitting there thinking, he's trying to have it both ways. He gave you a treasure trove of information, um, and then decided, ah, "I'm not going to, I'm not going to testify." Um, but we'll we'll leave that aside, as I have a ton more questions for you. Let's talk about. Um, well, I'll come back to I'll come back to um, your vice chair in a minute. I want to go to sitting members of Congress because the the committee has invite has um, invited Congressman Jim Jordan and Congressman Scott Perry uh, to voluntarily cooperate. I'm wondering, will the committee subpoena them if they do not voluntarily uh, cooperate with the committee?
0: Well, you know, there's uh, no real legislative history uh, where a committee uh, has subpoenaed another sitting member. And so we're working through that. Uh, If we can get the necessary authorities uh, and assurances that go with it, uh, we'll do it. Uh, Both those individuals are important. They've been implicated into uh, this illegal activity that occurred on January 6th. They have knowledge. Uh, Mr. Perry actually tried to get a friend of his uh, to be appointed attorney general uh, so that that person could send letters to other states telling them not to certify the election uh, because of uh, Justice Department uh, perceived irregularities having occurred. Uh, thank goodness it didn't happen uh, only because members of the Justice Department said, if you do this, uh, we are going to resign. You should not politicize the department. So there's important information that we need to glean. Uh, Jim Jordan's role is clear. Uh, there is acknowledged telephone calls to the White House. Uh, Sometimes he said he did, sometimes he said he didn't, but he was on tape both times saying that. So we need to hear from him uh, voluntarily, uh, if so, uh, and if we can come up with the real authorities, uh, we'll bring him before the committee uh, along with Mr. Perry.
1: And that, I'm glad you used that word again, authority, because I wrote down what you said earlier. If you get the necessary authorities and assurances, what authorities do you not, as Congress, have the ability to subpoena sitting members of Congress? Well,
0: there's the speech and debate clause uh, that members of Congress uh, have. uh, 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 As members, we have a speech and debate clause that protects us from uh, a lot of things. And if if that speech and debate clause say you can't subpoena me uh, to testify before a committee, then uh, that happens. Uh, a lot of times, members of Congress get sued, and in part of the defense in the suits is the same speech and debate clause reference uh, that members of Congress have. So mm-hmm. it's a fairly standard. Uh, reference that we were speaking from. But obviously, uh, if we can get around it, we will.
1: Mm -hmm. Chairman, does the committee have evidence about current members of Congress aiding uh, or abetting or who were in touch with those who participated in the insurrection?
0: Uh, We do. We have uh, information that uh, members hosted uh, people who came to Washington on that day in their office. Uh, We have information uh, that before uh, the actual certification, people who came earlier uh, were given tours in the Capitol. Uh, We have pictures of members uh, taking uh, uh, pictures with uh, people who came to the rally. Uh, So members in various forms or another uh, engaged people who came. Now there's a smaller subset of members uh, that uh, have been identified who probably did more to encourage uh, the stop the steal part of coming uh, to Washington uh, that we'll continue to work on.
1: These tours that you mentioned, um, tours of the Capitol, were these, these were tours that were given the day before?
0: Uh, Yes, we have, uh, as you know, members of Congress uh, before COVID and a lot of other things. It was not unusual for members of Congress to give uh, guided tours of the Capitol as to whether or not those tours uh, morphed into uh, giving people directions where Speaker Pelosi's office uh, would be, for instance, or uh, Whip Cliburn's office or Leader or Hoyer's office. Uh, uh, we're just not sure, but we know that was member participation. And that's part of the body of our work to see whether or not we can connect the dots between those tours and the people who broke into the Capitol.
1: One more question on this because, you know, there were other members of Congress who went on television right after the insurrection saying the day before they saw members giving tours. What was interesting about that, and I would love for you to confirm this, was not the Capitol locked down because of COVID, two public tours um, a a year ago today and yesterday?
0: Uh, My understanding is it was but members still had exclusive uh, ability to, to bring guests into the Capitol.
1: Okay. Um, former Vice President Mike Pence. Um, has he been officially asked to voluntarily cooperate with the committee? First question. Uh,
0: not officially. Uh, both the vice chair and myself uh, have gone on record saying uh, that uh, uh, if he voluntarily came uh, and offered himself to the committee uh, to talk to us, we'd welcome it. Uh, at some point, uh, he might get the formal invitation from the committee uh, saying we'd love to hear from you uh, because he, in his own right. Uh, stood up to Donald Trump by saying I'm not going to break the law uh just because you lost the election, and I think that has value now mm-hmm. obviously uh since that time uh he's kind of pulled back on uh some of his opinions as to what happened on January sixth, but for the sake of the job he did on january sixth uh It was a a darn good job, and and to the point that the same insurrectionists who broke into the Capitol wanted to hang him uh, because he did not do what Donald Trump wanted him to do.
1: My follow-up question was going to be, is Mike Pence already cooperating with the committee either directly or through intermediaries? Well, you know there's some staff
0: uh, of the vice president and other things that we are uh, talking to, uh, but to my knowledge, he's not uh, participating in any, any of that at this point.
1: but staff to staff Oh yeah, we, we talk staff look, to
0: staff We're talking to staff of just about everybody you can imagine and and actually, uh, over ninety percent of the people we're engaging, they're talking to us. So, uh, 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 Steve Bannon's and Mark Meadows and others of the world are, are a distinct minority in participation that others are giving the committee by coming forth with information.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Hannity, have you heard, th- the committee has asked for him to voluntarily cooperate Ah, uh, last I heard, his lawyer said we're looking at the letter and you know wondering about the constitutionality of it. Have you heard anything from his lawyers since then?
0: Not officially. Uh, it's just basically what we hear uh, in, in the uh, media and other things. But uh, we think again uh, because of the information we've been provided, uh, thanks to Mr. Meadows, uh, we would not have known. That Sean Hannity was communicating with the president. Uh, but Mark Meadows gave us this treasure trove of information. And once we started going through it, you know, we're saying, whoa, uh, what is all this? And so now uh, we know members of Congress, uh, Jim Jordan and others, was communicating uh, on that day. Uh, we know that uh, children of Donald Trump was trying to get him uh, to do something to calm what was going on uh, at the White House down. So we have a lot of information, thanks to Mark Meadows, uh, that we would not have had. Uh, And so, again, we will just follow the facts Mm -hmm. of that information and we'll go to wherever it leads us.
1: Now, so your vice chair, uh, Congresswoman Liz Cheney of Wyoming, said um, that this was a key question for the committee. This was back in in December. She said, "Did Donald Trump through action or inaction corruptly seek to obstruct or impede Congress's official proceeding to count electoral votes uh, and basically, she was quoting um, a felony statute. My question to you is, have you seen evidence that?" Donald Trump engaged in criminal wrongdoing that day.
0: Well, you know, the good part about Bennett Thompson is I'm not a lawyer. You know, (laughs) I'm just a a, a humble public servant. Uh, But I do know right from wrong. And I know what appearances are. Uh, So if you invite people to Washington, uh, you put people on the stage for them to listen to, and you point them to the United States Capitol, uh, and they go and tear up the place, and, and, and people get killed, members of Congress are threatened, and then for 187 minutes, you do nothing. Now, my vice chairman, Turk uh, Person, is an excellent attorney. Uh, she makes a legitimate argument. So what can happen is we'll look at it, and then we'll say to the Department of Justice, uh, we're not uh, a criminal thing in terms of our work. But here's some things we think you ought to look at. If we come to that conclusion as a committee, there will be absolutely no reluctance on our part to make the referral to the Department of Justice, just as we did for Steve Bannon and Mark Meadows.
1: Um, I'm jumping in, because I had questions about this. So um, have you seen evidence that you have already handed over to the Department of Justice?
0: No, we've not uh, at this point. We're not there yet.
1: Is your committee in contact with the Department of Justice?
0: Well, uh, there's a firewall uh, uh, that, that's there. Uh, when we make a criminal referral uh, to DOJ, we're out of the picture. And the only two referrals that we have made thus far have been the contempt referrals for Steve Bannon and, and Mark Meadow. Uh, there probably will be others. But as of this point, those are the only two uh, referrals that Mm -hmm. we've made. And it's out of our hands after the referral is made.
1: Right, and the referral is made once it's voted on by the entire House of Representatives. Right. Chairman Thompson...
0: That is in terms of the contempt. But another kind of... Oh, that's right.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Does not does not require a vote of the house. Right, you were talking about criminal referral. That, right, that, right. Was, that was my mistake. Chairman Thompson, does the committee have enough solid evidence to ask Donald Trump to voluntarily cooperate with the committee?
0: Uh, I think we are getting close to making a decision on that matter. Uh, we have not discussed Donald Trump specifically. And uh, if at that point we do, um, there won't be any reluctance on our part to make a decision. We just haven't discussed that specific point uh, at this point.
1: And that the way the sequencing works, you have to ask him to voluntarily cooperate before you discuss whether to subpoena him.
0: Well, uh, Jonathan, you know, if you are this great patriot, if you love America, why wouldn't you want to voluntarily come and tell us what you know? Uh, if you saw what went on a year ago uh, and feel as bad about what you saw as most of us do, uh, we think you would want to come uh, and tell us and help us make sure that it not happen again. But if there's some reluctance or hesitancy on your part to come and tell us uh, then it causes us all as to whether or not you have more to hide uh, about this subject than to share with the public. All
1: right, Chairman Thompson, three minutes and three questions. Um, first question, there are reports that not only will there be televised hearings in the future that they will be in prime time, is that true? Yes. And please define prime time. What time? Uh, is it, which, I would o'clock? say,
0: I'd say late evening. Uh, you know, historically, uh, congressional committees have done that work during the day. Well, mm-hmm. we think January sixth and what happened is so important. We need to give uh, the greatest number of Americans an opportunity to see see firsthand. Uh, what we have underco- uncovered as a committee.
1: Uh, and are we talking in the next few weeks, we will see televised hearings or a month or so? Uh, a month or so.
0: A month uh, or so. But you will probably see two, three, or four hearings in a row. So uh, I'm talking about like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're not talking about. One hearing one week, one hearing Uh another week. I mean, uh, we will have enough uh, research that we think sharing it with the public at that time will be uh, in the best interest of saving our democracy.
1: And when will we see a final report?
0: We'll do an interim report first, uh, probably early spring uh, with the final report
1: sometime early fall. And, and Chairman Thompson, my last question for you is, is this. I've been um, in, uh, on other ven- in other venues saying that your committee, um, w- watching what you're doing, it's like watching someone put together a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle of the ocean or of clouds, and that the select committee has 985 of those 1000 pieces in place already, is my characterization from where you sit as chairman, is that true? Do you have most of the pieces in place?
0: We have a number of pieces in place, uh, but one of the challenges uh, that we've been given as a committee uh, to make sure that when we document the facts and circumstances, that we are absolutely true uh, and correct. And that's what we're trying to do. Uh, Our report will be picked apart uh, and rightfully so, but we don't want them to ever say that the factual part of the report uh, is not accurate. And so we want to make sure that when we push it out, uh, it can stand scrutiny.
1: Congressman Benny Thompson of Mississippi, Chair of the January 6th Select Committee, thank you so much for coming to Washington Post Live. Thank
0: you for having me. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to washingtonpostlive.com.